Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Tuesday, the 25th of October. And first up, Kanye West dropped by Adidas and they refused to pay him. Well, it looks to be official now. Uh, Kanye West has basically been cancelled from everything. I mean, Adidas just paid, literally paid $250 million to fire the guy. Uh, and, uh, you know, under the immense amount of pressure, under the immense weight of uh uh you know essentially the internet in its entirety calling for his deplatforming uh, based on some things that he's been saying that are uh you know obviously inflammatory uh where does he go from here i think i have some ideas some people think that he basically wanted out of his deal with adidas and <laughs> this certainly is one way to do it um even as he kind of continues to go out there and like double and triple down on some of the things he said, um, it's, it's, it's been interesting to watch, especially, uh, all this weird virtue signaling, like the new, the new black square dropped where everyone on Twitter is like, I stand with the, the community and blah, 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 blah. This weird compulsion of people to say something. If you're not saying something, then you must agree with him. Now the dominoes kind of started to fall more yesterday. Um, last week, I think it was JP Morgan Chase, his bank, uh, which did business with him, uh, I think for his Yeezy brand, um, dropped him, said, we don't want to handle your money anymore. Um, and then yesterday, his uh, talent agency, CAA, dropped him. I don't really understand why anyone has talent agents anymore um, in the era of the internet. It's, I guess that they get you gigs, they handle that business stuff. You see Kanye West is facing more consequences as a result of some of his comments that he's made in the recent weeks. The rapper is no longer being represented by booking agency, creative arts agency, according to Deadline, and United Talent Agency, a rival of CAA that previously worked with him, is also speaking out against the musician with the company's co-founder, CEO Jeremy Zimmer, asking his employees to, quote, support the boycott of Kanye West, according to Variety. Deadline is also reporting that MRC is not going forward with a completed documentary on West because the company, quote, cannot support any content that amplifies his platform. So he had had a completed documentary set to come out that they simply just, uh, to, to simply, uh, just trashed it, binned it. Um, and again, again, after his statements, you know, he's also continuing to go out there and continue to double and triple down on his statements. He did an interview um, with uh, somebody yesterday. Why well, can't I think it was Lex, Lex Friedman? Is that what his name was? I have it coming up here, but uh, where he like continued to double and triple down on the things that he he's saying. And look, I see a lot of people out in the community, out online saying, yeah, well, you know, he's right about this, he's right about that, or this or that. I just think as a general rule, it's, it's a pretty good way to live to not group people together like that. Um, you know, and, you know, I, I just, I try to never do that, except for crazy SJWs, they're all the same. But, you know, I, I think the things that he is saying uh, is, are extremely dangerous uh, for uh, him, whether or not people believe them or not is irrelevant. 
Um, I think there are groups of people that Kanye West could have said these things about and been fine. Um, if he had said white folks, for example, uh, I would have been fine. Um, but like, it's just not a good thing to group people together as this homogenized thing. He, and, and what ends up happening is like, when you go kind of wild like that, uh, it discredits everything that you said that may have had some, some kernel of truth to it, In particular, he talks about white cis men and <clears throat> things of that nature. So he had the drink champs talk show host. And then he had, he had went on with, um, I think pretty sure it's Lex Friedman. Uh, and now Hollywood's all coming out and condemning it. I really think it's cringe. Um, and hollow when you have like Hollywood celebrities, like Kim Kardashian, you're like, Oh, I, I disavow hate speech and oh, like it don't matter. Um, here she is meeting with Louis Farrakhan, <laughs> apparently, uh, who has had some very uh, insane backward things to say. Um, and you see a lot of people, like, did you just end racism? Thank you for your service. The Pepsi meme, like most people are like dunking on her, like, Wow, Kim, thank you for finally ending anti-Semitism through tweeting. I, I just think like, and people are bringing up the Pepsi meme because like, duh, just shut up. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that Kim Kardashian sending a tweet. And by the way, the 200,000 people that like this, you're brain dead. Um, this, this is just the new, the new, you know, blue check mark, uh, or not the blue check mark, but like for the during BLM when everyone's like, I'm going to change my profile picture to a black square solid. It, it me, it's meaningless. It does nothing. All right. So tweeting out about, Ooh, I, I disavow it's dumb. It does nothing. And it's just, it's just pathetic to see. Um, but like people, you know, like the, like the sheep that they are eat that stuff up. Like, Oh, Kim Kardashian said bad things are bad. Like retweet. Um, any idiot knows that you, it is not a good thing to group people together like that. In, and it's not good to do it in a disparaging or a positive way because people are individuals. And um, if he has, he had, he could have done more good, I think, if he had brought out like corrupt individuals um, or the, named the individuals in the music industry that that he doesn't like who like maybe happen to be uh of a certain persuasion as opposed to saying like all all jewish people are blah, blah, blah. that's just, i mean that's dumb you, you just don't it's it's um and like if he's just like if he's just uh trying to get out of the adidas deal i mean this is one way to do it you see adidas terminates partner this is just a few minutes ago partnership with Kanye or yay West. Um, and it looks like it's going to cost them about $250 million down bad Adidas drops Kanye West, which could drop him from billionaire status. Oh no. Uh, pretty sure he'll be fine. This whole idea of like, uh, you know, Oh my God, how is he gonna, how is he gonna survive? Oh, what did he go from a billion to 990 million? You don't think Kanye West is going to find someone else to make his tennis shoes? That's what he wanted all along. 
he wanted out of this deal with Adidas anyway. Um, I'm not saying he like put that together, you know, like that he figured, oh, I'm going to say this stuff because that'll get me out of the contract. Maybe. Some people think so. Sports brand Adidas has terminated its partnership with Kanye West over his comments in a move that it estimates will impact its bottom line at $250 million this year alone. In a statement, the sneaker brand referring to West by his Ye pseudonym, it's actually, I think he legally changed his name to Ye, said Adidas does not tolerate anti-Semitism and other sorts of hate speech. Ye's recent comments and actions that have been, have been unacceptable, hateful, dangerous, and they violate the company's values of diversity and inclusion, mutual respect and fairness. Look, nobody cared that Adidas probably makes their tennis shoes in sweatshops. I don't know that for a fact, but, you know, so they're like, disavow. You have to disavow the thing that, that this guy said. We don't care that, you know, you, you have slave labor making your shoes. This guy is saying crazy stuff. But that's the world we live in. You know, what would have been the better, what would have been like the better way to react to this um, is to just ignore him. I mean, Adidas obviously can choose to not do business with him. The banks can choose to not, not do business with him. If I were Jewish and he was saying that stuff about Jewish people, I probably wouldn't be doing business with him either. So it's not like, you know, this idea that like, you know, this is crazy. Now, I don't know if uh, the people at Adidas are or the people at JP Morgan are or the people at Bomba or whatever, the stupid Belensagi or whatever, some expensive clothes crap. I don't know. But like, you know, I would say the completed documentary, the closing of his bank account. I don't know if that's going to do more or less to change the, the minds of, you know, the mind of what he believes. Um, is he the black Alex Jones? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because sometimes I think he just says wild stuff. Um, because he courts controversy, he wants it. He's not going to sell any less, any fewer records. I tell you that much. Somebody's going to produce Yeezys. He's still going to sell them. Um, so is he canceled <laughs> temporarily? And oh, by the way, the guy only is worth nine hundred million dollars now. He'll be fine. Um, I think when things calm down, if he saw this as the only way to get out of his Adidas deal. If that's how he's going to play it, that'll be an interesting thing to see play out down the line. But uh, I think in general, it's just not good to be making blanket statements about groups of people based on their inalienable characteristics or their religions. You know, you get this a lot with uh, Muslim people. I know plenty in my in real life, and they're awesome people, and they do deal with that to some extent. Where people are like, oh, you know. That's where the, the, the guys that go boom also, you know, any group of people has bad people in it. Um, and I think that that's a, a better way to live looking at things. Kanye West will be fine. Um, in his mind, this probably all proved his point. And next up, woke protester spits on YouTuber Alex Stein and things get crazy. A little bit like 2016 out there all over again with these wild college tours going on and uh, entitled young rich kids having absolute meltdowns. It's kind of fun to watch. There's an ongoing comedy tour right now that is 
riling all sorts of feathers up. You know, most people just wouldn't attend them or, you know, they just move on with their life. Not these kids. Um, they have to be out there and go viral and, and, um, and be spitting on people and having meltdowns only to be turned into memes by the rest of the world. By the way, there was a weird sub purge yesterday. So uh, if you can, make sure you uh, are still subscribed. If you haven't yet, please do consider subscribing. I cover the news six days a week. I would absolutely love your subscription. Now, Penn State cancels comedy show featuring Gavin McGinnis after campus protests. Here's the thing. If you look at the protests, for example, and you ask yourself, who's the one causing the bad behavior? It was the protesters. It was in particular this individual. And by the way, let me, um, as an aside, um, absolutely without question, Alex Stein should file a police report. When you spit on somebody, that's assault and actions have consequences. I told him this last night. He came on, on the live stream, updated us on everything that was going on. Um, absolutely, unequivocally, 100%, Alex should press charges. Why? Because the next time, maybe it's not spit. Because this deranged lunatic, um, next time, maybe they bring a bike lock. Maybe then they get away with that. And then next time after that, they bring something else. Then I, you know what I mean? Like, when you watch the absolute rage in this lunatic's eyes, next time, maybe it's not spit. And so, Alex, I told him, I implored him uh, of this last night as well. Also, I mean, isn't the resemblance uncanny? Like, I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's just me or, like, it's like the same person. You can, of course, disagree with people and all this kind of stuff. You know, Penn State put out a tweet essentially saying, oh, we've canceled this because there were some escalating threats. Yeah, from your kids. If you look at this tweet, due to a threat of escalating bad behavior associated with tonight's event, Penn State's university police determined it was necessary to cancel the speaking event under interest of campus safety. And the people that were there had to escape with a police escort. I mean, like, who's the one escalating it? It's your students, right? All you're doing is giving in. It's like uh, you have a crying baby at the, at the checkout at the grocery store, and you just give them the candy bar. What are they going to do next time? Well, hopefully they'll try one of Coffee Brand Coffee's delicious new coffees or teas, but they're going to cry, right? By the way, we launched... Today, biscotti oolong and coconut chai in our teas, in addition to our apple pie and raspberry tea. Last week, that's four new flavors of tea, bringing us up to 10. And today, we also launched maple pecan coffee. It's ridiculously delicious. All these flavored coffees are for a limited time, so make sure you grab them today. Promo code the quartering, and you'll save. So, of course, they get they get absolutely demolished in the in the replies and the quote tweets. But like, this is like. This is, you know, they were there to do a show. 
you see so wait penn state allows the invite and allows him gavin to speak at the center campus only to last minute cancel because of bad behavior and because his views don't align with the school values right because when you agreed you had no idea who he was and what he was what he was standing for i'm so glad that my daughter isn't going to and supporting penn state anymore so many financial supporters have already and are still backing out because of this bs there is enough hate why fuel it why sensationalize it well i'm not exactly sure how having apps i like i can i can barely play any of this video because it's so like vulgar like it's just it's insane you can see spitting mad penn state protester Hoxalugi at at right-wing provocateur Alex Stein. And by the way, again, Alex, you should press charges because it's important for the next guy or gal who may interact with this lunatic. Shocking footage caught an enraged woman spitting on Alex Stein as he mocked protesters that shut down his show at Penn State University. The Blaze TV personality caught a, the vile moment as he mingled with those rallying to stop Uncensored America event, also featuring Gavin McInnes, co-founder of both the Proud Boys and Vice Media. As Stein walked through the throng of angry protesters, he focused on one woman who ag aggressively flipped the bird at him. She also repeatedly screamed, I effing hate you! I hope you die! Smiling as he filmed her screaming behind him, he quipped, I love you. I think you're a very nice woman. She responded by spitting at him from inches away, leaving disgusting several inches long loogie sticking across his suit jack jacket. He further teased the enraged activist, telling her, I like that. It turns me on. Now she turns me on. Stein played the slow motion clip of the scene along with a romantic song, calling her his favorite girl. He also quipped that it would make a lefty New York rep, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, jealous writing, sorry, AOC, I've got a new boo. Stein called the protesters a bunch of cowards who were against free speech, with some angrily shouting, shut the F up, as he tried to speak to them. Wow, I mean, I for one am shocked. Penn State said the events needed to be canceled due to escalating bad behavior, but I mean, this was the students. And probably outside people getting involved too. You know, in Penn State, I don't know. That's a pretty big college. I don't know if they rely on um, state funding. They probably don't have to. But it's, you know, again, like, I don't have to agree with everything or even things that, like, somebody like Gavin or even Alex says. But the fact that people are so obsessed to try to shut them down, I don't think that really does much to silence them, right? It only amplifies their message. Like, I don't really understand. I'm still wearing a mask outside. Okay, I see. That's why. These kids don't have anything to do. They don't have any responsibilities. If they were at work, you know, uh, they wouldn't be piling up to shut down events from people that they don't like. I'm not exactly familiar with Gav. I've seen, like, more of his comedic work. I don't know what his political views are. Obviously, I know what people say about him, but... I try not to like repeat that because I don't know. I haven't heard it from his mouth. And also I have the easy, awesome position of not caring. 
like it's very easy for me to not care. It's very easy for me to uh, not be offended by things he says because I don't have to listen to him. Uh, so the fact that these children, and that's what they are, entitled brats, um, you know, feel like they need to shut down events. And then the university just gave in to them, uh, which, which means you're going to see even more of this. Of course, I, you know, by the way, shout out to Alex. Make sure you follow him. Uh, you know, he's, uh, here's Glenn Beck actually tweeting it out. Blaze TV contributor tells me when he first started going to city council meetings, was always oh, talking about just a clip from the show. Um, the guy is extremely effective. I, I want him to be safe. And that means you have to protect yourself. So he really needs to press charges. Um, and I hope that he does. And next up today, new G4 TV bombshell as ex-employees leak salaries of Frost while original show cast blast new version. Well, 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 well. We've got some new news, some new drama, some new information around the collapse of G4 TV in just under one year. In addition to Frosk doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on the Melty and former G4 staff uh, coming out and having something to say in particular about um, you know the need to reboot the original show and this perception that uh, it's it needed it or that it wasn't okay in the in in its old format. Now this article comes from Clownfish TV. Shout out to Clownfish TV. They have a, a really nice YouTube channel as well. They cover similar stuff as me, but actually at like a higher level a lot of times, like the corporate dealings and stuff like that. Former classic G4 TV technical director comments on G4 TV closing. Quote: Our paths needed to be fixed? Question mark. In the wake of the relaunch G4 TV, by the way, again, clownfishtv.com, um, many have taken to social media to express their views on how Comcast handled resurrecting the doomed brand. By the way, uh, not to speak on how they resurrected it, but I will say absolute cowardice and terrible uh, floppy leadership, uh, no spine, you know, leaking to social media that they were closing down before talking to people directly. That was absolutely uh, pathetic, and I don't care what you say about the people that worked at G4. They deserved better than that. Um, while everyone felt empathy for those who lost their jobs, others debated on who or what was to blame for the network failing a second time. Some of the former and new G4 TV hosts and personality shared their thoughts online about the cancellation, but others' thoughts from former G4 TV director posted their uh, views on everything leading up to how it all went down. Chris Flynn, a former G4 TV director, worked at the company from 2006 to 2012 up to when the network was canceled. He oversaw many of the technical elements of the show being aired at the time, including efforts and camera angles of attack of the show and more. Chris also worked for various productions at a different studios in Hollywood before and after the origin of G4 TV. Like many alumni from the original version of the network, Chris had many opinions and thought to share uh, that they wanted to share with the new G4 TV shutting down, including insight into the information he has learned when things went south. Quote, I felt like they came back with a hollowed out version of Attack of the Show. I had advanced knowledge through inside sources six weeks ahead of time what they were doing and what their plan was. Sitting down for an interview with YouTube channel VGX7, Chris detailed that his source, who was rehired by G4TV, informed him that one of the, uh, the ones in charge of the network had no intention of bringing back the older shows that were popular from the classic G4TV. 
Everything was going to focus on what was new, including a big connection to esports. Remember that huge esports channel that just died? They had like 500,000 subscribers. Whatever happened to them? Anyway, um, he also goes on to note that towards the latter part of the interview that the campaign hashtag G4 needs talent was also a complete mess where most of the talent added to the network was already decided well in advance. According to Chris's sources, the network was very scattered and didn't even figure out or have a crew as close to two weeks prior to the relaunch. Many people didn't know how to approach making things work. Stories coming out of the network were very bad, according to what Chris was being told by his sources. Some executives on shows and other people running wild and not doing much for nearly the whole time frame, G4TV's Summer Beach House. You had some people who were supposedly running things and building the company, yet when the director would come in, they would be like, thank God you're here. This was the people who were the showrunners. Things got crazy enough that conflict between staff started to cause a lot of tension with the shock of working on a real production schedule and trying to maintain order within the production caused people to leave. One of the biggest issues Chris notes from the new content produced from G4TV was the rotation of hosts and lackluster gags. Instead of having personalities tied to specific shows, newer content would cycle through the pool of talent and underutilize them. Some of the hosts would linger in the background during segments looking bored rather than allowing them to connect with the audience and the show where they were featured. Quote, typical TV would have two dedicated hosts. Instead of having everyone else twiddling their thumbs on the bench, they would be a role player on the bench. Everyone has a role to play. In the interview, Chris also goes on uh, to discuss the differences in the talent between some of the newer hosts and older hosts. He knows that many things worked for new hosts that were coming from Twitch backgrounds didn't work for the audience watching. But the same kind of gigs would be rinsed and repeated when they didn't work. One day, Golden Boy is on Boosted. The next, he's just sitting on a couch. They clearly felt like they were underutilized. The whole thing was a disaster. These people are just going to be sitting on a couch? Speaking on the layoffs, Chris expressed sympathy for those who got laid off most recently with some of those people not even receiving severance pay after the new shutdown. That's shocking. The first group that got laid off got four to six months severance. Apparently, this last group didn't get any. Wow. Like, that's uh, that's pretty brutal if true. I'll have to ask um, some of my sources about that. Some are trying to figure out how to get their personal belongings back because they couldn't even get back into the studio. One of the more interesting bits to come out of the interview was Chris thought on how, his, how things transpired over controversial host Frost Froskiran and her speech to the audience. Quote, I understand you're all going to do whatever you want. You're a new G4 and I respect it. Just don't screw with our legacy. Once you had Frost telling everyone to go to hell, now you're messing with our legacy. You're taking all that love and nostalgia that people had for us and now they're questioning it. Chris went on to talk about some of the backlash and fallout from Indiana Black's posts on Twitter, including the now infamous tweet right after the first batch of layoffs. This is a person who needs to go away from social media and stop talking in public. Just stop. She said our mandate was to fix the past. Hold on for a second. Our past needed to be fixed? We lasted 12 years. Launched the careers of Olivia Munn and Chris Hardwick. You all crashed and burned in 11 months. And Frost said she's leaving the business. How can you say we needed to get fixed? Boom! Absolute savage. And by the way, 100%... Big true, 100% big true. And they also launched more careers than just those two as well. Then we get this article, and you can read the rest of the article over at Clownfish TV. 
uh, their website. Nathan Grayson, which, by the way, this was retweeted by Frost. Last weekend, G4 TV's last weekend, G4 Comcast video game focused TV digital network collapsed following pivots and layoffs. I spent the past month talking to former G4 staff following the layoffs and the closure. This is a story why G4 failed. Former staffers described on a network with uh, ever shifting priorities from leadership that never settled down on how to develop an audience. Metrics for success would change regularly. There was never a clear viewership goal or a platform to prioritize. Well, that was obvious. Uh, the idea that you don't know how to cultivate viewership, though, that's absurd. You had a lot of e-celebs on that, on that. This led to repeated pivots, former staff said. Shows would begin to find their voice, but when they didn't have funding anymore because it was too expensive, or the leadership was like, we care more about Twitch than YouTube today. G4 courted, courted modern content creators as hosts and guests to try and pull up its numbers, offering a host's six and seven figure annual salaries and guest day rates that topped out between twenty and $30,000, according to former staff. G4 would also pay content creators to raid into G4's Twitch channel in an attempt to boost numbers. For example, former employees said Pokimane once made $20,000 to do this. What? She got paid 20 large to do that? Problem was, guest spots and rates did little to improve G4's long-term prospects. Their audience rarely ever came over, said the former employee. The uptick in viewership did not match what we were paying for these episodes. Plus, you can bring all sorts of people in, but if the product isn't good, they're not going to come back. G4 staff also pointed the finger at Tucker Roberts, son of Comcast billionaire CEO who is driving force behind G4's revival. Roberts had a large office based on Palpatine's throne room from Star Wars, but never even moved in. Roberts was supposed to be supplanted by Russell Ahrens, who joined G4 as a president late last year, but the decisions ultimately came down from Ahrens, Roberts, and Joe Marsh as an executive at Comcast Spectator and a close collaborator of Roberts. Ahrens departed back in July after a heated all-hands meeting in which talent lambasted her for a lack of transparency on issues. She apparently left in tears. Ex-staff perceived her rocky tenure as evidence she was brought in to take the fall for Roberts. Former employees said they regularly worked late, wah, and had to wear, mu wear multiple hats, also wah, to make up for a staff that was too small. Too small? Y'all had almost 100 people working there. They were underpaid. Did you just say the huge salaries? Even for the roles they were hired for, that applies to pretty much every single person on my team, except the people that were making six figures. I'm assuming that's people like the completionist and Frost and, you know, the, the um, what's his name? Um... Uh, uh, um, that he's kind of like beyond his prime now. I can't think of his name. Ah, uh, uh, he was on the MTV bit with Norm McDonald and he was cringe on there and he used to do the interviews with prawn stars. Anyway, that kind of proves it right there. Um, it always felt like there wasn't money. One former employee said really let us know that because they tried to use it as an excuse, but we're just a startup. You're owned by Comcast. No, you're not a startup. G4 TV hosts also regularly dealt with harassment from video uh, after a video by X-Play host Frost Guren, where she called out mean words. I mean, I don't know other than Frost who else got any blowback from that. Then came the online blowback. In a response, G4 deleted a tweet supporting the segment and privated the video on YouTube. Behind the scenes, Frost was told little could be done, 
even as she was doxxed, they basically told her to be quiet, said a former contractor. Probably a good idea. Months of harassment turned G4 talent against each other. When layoffs came, the same YouTubers and sites helping stir up the harassment took to claiming that Frost near single-handedly tanked the network with her speech. By the way, I know they're referencing channels like mine. I never said that. Uh, there's, I mean, the, the channel was, it was doomed to fail from Jump Street. Former employees shot down conspiracy theory that Frost and a G4. The views were just never good across the board. Once I had to say that one person, her rant had such an impact, it sank the company. It's absurd. Well, it definitely had an impact. That's why you deleted it. And that's why you privated it. Layoffs ravaged G4. Um, I mean, yikes. I mean, it was definitely the leadership. I'll tell you that. Um, but uh, yeah, that's quite the bombshell. And last up today, epic fail. James Corden issues worst apology in history and gets crushed for it. The weekend I covered uh, the uh, liberal elite smug windbag that is James Corden, a man who uh, has a long history of, well, to be totally honest, just being awful um, from expose articles where the guy didn't even know the names of a single camera person on his show to a disastrous like Reddit AMA thing where people were sharing stories where he had like these entitled meltdowns. Uh, and now some sort of fancy restaurant in New York City put him on blast saying that, you know, he was a giant douche on several occasions to the waitstaff there and they had banned him from the restaurant. Last night, James Corden returned to his Late Late Show where he issued maybe one of the worst apologies in history, garnering a 5 to 1, nearly 5 to 1, dislike to like ratio. And I want to take a little look at some of the comments. So the video, I call it 4 to 1. Currently has 2.3 thousand likes and 8,500 dislikes. Let's take a look. Ricky Gervais is going to have a field day with this. I love how he talks about the hair incident at the restaurant, completely failing to mention the rude comments he made then. Apparently, while sending back the plate, he demanded to, quote, get us another round of drinks this second and also take care of all of our drinks so far. This way, I don't write any nasty reviews on Yelp. That was a quote that was shared by the restaurant owner. I, I have never, like... I've eaten at some nice restaurants. I, I, I mean, like genuinely really nice places and mistakes happen, although they happen far less, um, you know, talking, uh, you know, they happen far less at like a Michelin star restaurant or even like a four or five star restaurant. But even if they do happen, like I would never demand anything for free. Like, bro, first of all, you can pay to eat at this Balthazar place, which I'm sure isn't cheap. Why do you need free drinks, you lunatic? More comments. I've come to learn that there's nothing genuine about a celebrity apologizing publicly. Yeah. When you make a mistake, you take responsibility, he said. Proceeds to minimize what happened and alleviate most of the fault away from himself defensively. Lamau. James Corden, have you thought about running for political office? This video is excruciating to watch. Like watching your... Like watching a young child forced to, quote, apologize when they're not very sorry. 
One of the things is, uh, yeah, I'm sorry if I upset you is literally like the worst apology ever. He literally blamed the restaurant over and over again, LOL. I can't play this clip because they claim everything. Um, the restaurant described him as the worst customer in 25 years in business. His version of events doesn't seem to match that description. What's the truth? Well, I'm pretty sure the restaurant, here's the thing. What does the restaurant have to gain? Uh, Balthazar is apparently some really high-end restaurant. I don't think they have a lot to gain by putting James Corden on blast. I doubt celebrities will continue to go there uh, if they put one of their friends on blast. Now, the other thing is, you know, what's interesting is about this. He brings his parents out. Uh, he brings his parents up talking about that, trying to like uh, be mealy mouthed and everything like that. He then also talks about, oh, my wife has an egg allergy, really severe egg allergy. Then why are you ordering eggs at all? So I'm guessing she must be allergic to egg whites. And so there was a tiny piece of egg white on an egg yolk, whatever thing that she ordered. Okay. Maybe like, just don't eat eggs. If it was, if it was quote unquote, as severe as he says, as he's trying to claim. See what he's saying is, oh my God, my wife could have died because of this little piece of meat or a little piece of egg that was on the egg yolk. If I had that strong of an allergy to something, it's not like people who, it's not like people who are allergic to peanuts, like take peanut butter cookies and separate them and just scrape off the peanut butter and eat them. Like if this really was a severe life-threatening type allergy, which is what he's trying to say excuses his terrible behavior. Why are you ordering eggs at all? That's just dumb. I just, I don't even understand. Like, you're just an idiot. It's like, I don't even understand. Like, oh, I just, I want to live dangerously. So I order an egg yolk omelet, even though egg whites would put me in the hospital. And then you see James Corden finally apologizes for berating NYC restaurants, but claims he only reacted because his wife was served food that she's allergic to. And he didn't shout or scream, but... That's not what the restaurant says. James Corden made a public apology for berating staff at New York City restaurant, but denied the restaurant's version of events. By the way, I 110% believe the restaurant's uh, pro, you know, re recollection of the events. Again, who has what to gain here? The restaurant has nothing to gain. They don't need more customers. They're already some high-on place. I'd be, it'd be one thing if this was like, you know, not a well-known restaurant and they were looking for clout or something like that. Um, by the way, uh, if you're watching this video, I'm streaming with Blair White at like 5.30. It'll be coming, we'll be going live about half hour after this video goes live or so right here on this channel and on Rumble. I'd absolutely love for you to be there. Um, so last week, Keith McNally announced on Instagram that Corden was banned from the restaurant for punish as punishment for being rude and childish on two different occasions. On the first occasion, Corden was upset that there was a hair in his food and demanded free drinks to make up for it. First of all, if there's a hair in your food, 100%, 100% in your right to send that food back. Of course. All right. And if it's any kind of restaurant, they'll probably comp your meal. Um, demanding drinks on top of that is just being a douchebag. 
And this guy also makes $40 million a year or something like that. Does he really need a free rum and coke to make him feel better? Is it about the money? And the second occasion involved his wife ordering an egg yolk omelet. How does that even work? Like, egg yolk omelet? That sounds really decadent. Um, and received a plate with white egg on it. The final straw was when he remade the omelet and was sent out with home fries instead of a salad. Oh, no, just... Oh my God, the server's going to have to bring you salad and they're probably going to get to eat free fries. What a, what a terrible thing to happen to James Corden. James Corden began yelling like crazy at the server, quoting the general manager's service report. But last night on the show, Corden insisted that he didn't scream or make any derogatory remarks. I don't believe you. The internet doesn't believe you. His only offense was making the unnecessary and snide comment that he'd make the omelet himself if the kitchen staff were unable to. What a douche. Like, 100%. Douchebag. All right. Nobody, no, like, what an incredible piece of trash. Like, oh, hey, hey, hourly employees. Um, I'm, I'm a super ultra mega rich, uh, uh, celebrity and I'm going to make your life miserable and I'm going to belittle you. I honestly doubt that James Gordon could make an egg yolk omelet, to be honest with you. Last night on his show, he, made, he also made the claim that the dish was prepared wrongly three times. And again, still not an excuse to be a jerk. Um, and she had a serious food allergy. I mean, does she? Define serious. She was given food that she was allergic to. She hadn't taken a bite of it or anything, so no worries. We sent it back. All was good. As her meal came to the table the third time... In the heat of the moment, I made a sarcastic, rude comment about cooking it myself. It's a comment I deeply regret. I worked shifts at restaurants for years. I doubt it. Because anybody who's worked in a restaurant doesn't really, uh, doesn't act like this. So most people I knew here in the Midwest, their first jobs were in a restaurant. My first job was washing dishes in a Greek restaurant called Cafe Istanbul. Then I worked to move across the street to yet another Greek restaurant called Amrakan. Then I worked at a restaurant called Risky Business. This is the jobs that 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old kids all had. All my friends worked at Applebee's back when Applebee's was actually a thriving chain. There are a few things you learn when it comes to working in a restaurant. First of all, you don't screw with people that make your food. And second of all, like when I go to a restaurant, I tip well when the service is good, like exceedingly well when the service is good. But I also have zero problem um, not tipping well if the service is bad because I know what it takes. I know, let's say the food is messed up. I don't take that out on the server like some kind of maniac because really the kitchen did that. Okay. Um, if my drinks are messed up, I don't take that out on the server because the bar messed that up. These are simple things that any normal non-Hollywood narcissist would, would know or anyone who ever worked in a restaurant, you know. Uh, and he was, as my dad pointed out to me, hey, son, well, you might need to explain. He took zero responsibility. He literally trotted his parents out on camera for this cringe apology. I mean, he, I 100% believe he was, he was th that bad and worse. Cord will not stay at the Late Late Show after his current contract ends. Next year, a decision was made earlier this year, long before this saga. 
Horton is known for his provocative, at times strange behavior. Back in 2017, he made a bad joke. I don't care about that. Jokes are fine. Um, in July this year, he was knocked off his bicycle in London by a fellow cyclist who swerved in front of him on a busy street, nearly pushing Gordon into a car. The comedian was furious and loudly berated the young bike rider who cut him off. Okay. I mean, that, that might seem okay. I don't know. You know, the, the, the idea that this guy deserves any, any single shred of empathy for how he treats. You want to know who people really are? Yeah, you see, she's allergic to egg whites, but not egg, egg yolks? Hmm. If his wife has such a serious white egg white allergy, why on earth are you ordering any kind of egg? That's my point, too. Like, this dude is just a liar, and he's an elite douche, just like everybody in Hollywood. Hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, make sure you leave a like on it. And um, if you can, make sure you subscribe down below, and we'll talk to you again real soon.